Good day, nerds, and welcome to episode 226 of the Nerd Cantina Show. I'm your host, Ken, joined by my co-host, Steve, and we're going to recap this week's nerd news. Beginning in entertainment, we'll get a spoiler-free review of the Elvis movie, some updated box office numbers, Comic-Con news, and then we'll jump over into tech where we'll discuss a cryptocurrency bill, a crypto hack, some hacking news, deep fakes, and then some space. A lot to get to. Let's get started. Calling back all nerds. Nerds! All right, and we are back with episode 226, and we got a, another movie that you were able to go see this week. I, unfortunately, was not able to, to get into a theater uh, and see Elvis this week, but I, I know from initial conversations, you think it's worth seeing. Yeah, I was hoping you'd be able to see this one just so I can get a, a, a second opinion on this. Um, before I start the review, one, I'm going to say... Like, I'm not going to worry about spoilers. It's, you can watch any Ellis documentary and get <laughs> all this information. Like, this is this is public knowledge. So I he really, dies in the end. I really don't feel like, <laughs> like yes, folks, he shot a TV. Like, I, I get it, you know, so I'm not really going to hold back on that. Um, and I know this is a movie, and some people have their thoughts on Elvis and you know, uh, him being the king of rock and, you know, cultural appropriation and things like that. I'm going to take all this with a grain of salt and just comment on the movie, not actual events that may or may not have happened. Um, <laughs> so getting to that, this movie, man, it was amazing. Like, it was absolutely amazing. The The color palette of the film just made it this this bright and and lively you know s- story that the acting was phenomenal Austin Butler is the the young guy who plays Elvis um and I've I've heard through the grapevine that Tom Hanks actually found him on Broadway this kid's he's going to win an Oscar like it was yeah it was amazing how he became Elvis Presley like one He's like good looking to the point where it makes you uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> like, like, and that's, that was part of Elvis's thing, right? You know, like he was just like the handsomest guy at the time, you know, like he, it was like he pulled that off. He made Tom Hanks a secondary character, even though like, you know, the, the, the story is narrated through the Colonel's eyes. So it's narrated and told through Tom Hanks's story, but not really from his perspective. Because, you know, because as he's telling the story, you know, the Colonel doesn't come off too well in this, in this film. If (laughs) if you know anything about Elvis's history, he shouldn't. Um, but he was like a main character, but this kid did so good that like Tom Hanks just kind of like faded into like the background. Like he was just a supporting character. Like Tom Hanks, there was no scene where like Hanks stole the show. Or anything like that. Um, what I can say about the story is it really did put Elvis's life into a different perspective. Um, I mean, I was a kid right after he died. A grandma loved Elvis. So a lot of 
what uh, I remember were like was told kind of like in this movie. But you do see a lot of people don't have respect for Elvis. They they say that he stole, you know, black culture and black music and became famous off of it and this and that. And the movie really does a good job, whether it's true or not. You can you can take it if you want. If you if you hate me for it, go ahead at me. I don't give a shit. But it did a really good job of showing how he was a poor white kid that was assigned to a government funded housing for black people at the time. It was segregation. It was a different era, you know, and he was so poor that they, they wouldn't even let him live with the poor white people. They made him live with the poor black people. And because of that, he grew up surrounded by black culture, loved black culture. It really portrayed him as the like, rock version of Eminem. You know, okay. like like nobody really like some people say, you know, Eminem stole black culture. Like well, white rappers shouldn't rap. Like if you're gonna have that opinion, you're just gonna have that opinion. That's fine. That's that's your opinion to have. But they did do a really good job of showing how he didn't try to steal anything from anybody. It was his it was what he was influenced by throughout his life. It was, you know, he he loved going to the black gospel churches and singing. He loved sneaking around to the jazz clubs and to the to the old blues clubs of Memphis and you know that so of course as he gets older and he becomes his own musician and in that that influence weighed heavy on his music, you know, and, and they do show throughout you know, the, the movie, you know, during the Civil War era and things like that, that he, he ultimately cared about black culture and the black community. Whether this was a movie glorifying him and it was all bullshit, that's, that's for you to decide. Like, I, I'm not trying to sway anybody on it. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you, like, like somebody's going to come at me with some kind of historical thing or whatever. I don't, I don't care. As far as the movie went, I think they did a really good job of maybe, if you're on the fence of you're not sure how you should feel, if you believe the story of that the movie tells, you're going to walk away understanding him a little more, understanding the time. You know, um, it, I, I thought it, it put a really different, you know, good and different perspective on on the guy. The kid could act like shit, you know, act crazy. Like, like the, the dance moves he had, the man, it was just an amazing film. And it tells his story from, from birth to death. You know, it was about a probably two and a half hour, two hour, 45 minute movie. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, it was, I, I went in at nine with trailers, probably started at nine 20. I didn't walk out till 12 o'clock, 12, you know, 12 05. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 it was lengthy, but it was entertaining the the entire time. The soundtrack was amazing. They mixed a lot of modern music in the background of like scenes where he's just walking through the street. They 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 made you know an attempt to modernize a little bit of the background soundtrack. But then when he it was an Elvis song, it was an Elvis song. It was him, you know, putting it out there. It wasn't necessarily like a musical like the Elton John movie was or. Um, or some of the other like you know music heavy uh, biographies that they they've done. They're the yeah, biopics. the only ones I'm coming to like is like Bohemian Rhapsody, which I know you <laughs> like that one. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't even that heavy. Um, but yeah, it was went through his movie career, his Vegas career. It, it it was amazing. If if you don't know anything about Elvis, it's a great movie to go see and learn something about. If you do know a lot about Elvis, you will love this movie. Like if you, <laughs> if you love his music at all, if you loved his character, you will love this movie. I I see 
Oscar nominations galore. It's going to win a handful of them. It, it was probably one of the best movies I've seen in, in years, just as far as entertainment value and cinematography and everything. It was, it was amazing. So basically just, yeah, suck it up, get to the theater, go see this movie. It is worth every dollar that you're going to pay. All right. And chances are, if you listen to this, you didn't go see it just like I didn't get a chance to go see it. But, uh, I mean, it didn't do very well. It did, it did finally unseat Top Gun from being the number one movie in the box office. Uh, but, I think it was still only like a thirty-one million dollar opening. Um, so not not a big opening for. Well, you the know, movie. I love Top Gun. I was actually debating on going and seeing Top Gun again, but honest to God, after this, the, a lot of the people that I talked to, they're like, "Well, we haven't seen Top Gun yet. Which one should we go see?" And I was like, "Honestly, go see the Elvis movie." Like, yeah. I was like, as much as Top Gun is is great, and especially if you go see it in IMAX or Dolby, it, it just adds that extra theater, you know, pizzazz to it. But this is the better movie. It, it was it was so high quality and so well done. Yeah, well, Top Gun still had a, a respectable uh, week, which is still showing like yeah, it's it's strength that it's still doing well. Uh, so yeah, Elvis did thirty one million, uh, and Top Gun still did twenty nine and a half million. What four weeks into its run, five weeks into its run? Yep. Uh, so yeah, Elvis. Uh, didn't do so well, so not a lot of people seen it. Hopefully, somebody is swayed by your review and go see it. Like I wanted to go see it this weekend because you said how great it was on uh, Friday, and I just didn't get a chance to. But Top Gun, we can mention as we kind of close this out. Top Gun did cross the one billion dollar mark. It's Tom Cruise's first billion dollar movie. Uh, it's pretty much split fifty fifty almost as far as domestic versus international. Uh, I think it's 520 million domestically and 480 million or 470 million overseas. So pretty, pretty even split there, but you know, a big deal to make a billion dollars out of a movie. Uh, especially well, one. I, honestly, I think they deserve it. You know what I mean? It was, it was a good movie. Um, it's 4th of July weekend coming up. Like it's going to invoke all those fuck yeah, America feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it might have another big weekend. Um, the, the Minions movie comes out this Saturday, so I, I got to take the kids to see the Minions. That'll be that'll be my movie of the week this week. So I'll I'll be able to drop some Minions knowledge next week. Fair enough. I was just about to say I don't think there's any big movies coming out this week. Well, I the- got Minions on Saturday, and then I got Thor on Thursday. Oh, that's right. So Thor is this weekend. I was for some reason I was thinking Thor not, was not, next weekend. It's next week. It's the seventh. I got tickets for the oh, seventh. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, so this weekend will be Minions, and then we'll do the show, and then that Thursday will be Thor. So still, a bunch of good movies coming out. There's plenty to go see. That you know, in the in the in this week and the next coming weeks. If you haven't been to the theater in a while, it's a great time to go catch a movie. All right. Well, we can move on with a little little other uh, entertainment news here. We've got Marvel. Bring a little bit of news. You know, this is going to impact movies in the coming years. Uh, as Marvel announced that they're going to return to San Diego Comic-Con this year, uh, which which is interesting. Honestly, I thought with the pandemic and when everybody started going to their own, their own type of event and stuff like that, I really thought that this was going to be the end of like Marvel representing at San Diego Comic-Con. I thought they were just going to keep it to the Disney annual like celebration that they always do and stuff like that. But interesting to see... see uh, Marvel head back to San Diego Comic Con, go back to Hall H, and man, they've they've normally not disappointed going into San Diego Comic Con. Like when they announced major things about what the phases were going to be, what the you know the, the overall objective of a timeline of uh, planning, it's it's come at San Diego Comic Con. 
Well, I think this is why they went back too. Is no matter where they want to do those things outside of San Diego, you're not going to get the same buzz and the same kind of like audience. It's you know we went to San Diego Comic Con that one year. That thing's a different beast, man. Like, oh yeah, I'll never go back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't feel I need to ever again. Honestly, like that thing was a different beast. You're not going to get the fandom at a Disney convention, you know, because like at the Disney convention, you're going to get some Marvel fans, you're going to get some Star Wars fans, you're going to get some Disney fans. It's going to be a mixed bag. When you go to like San Diego Comic Con, it is still a mixed bag of anime and and all things kind of like nerd, but it's it's on such a grand scale that yeah. that if you want, you know, the the YouTube videos to go viral, if you want the news to go viral you you kind of still need to do it at san diego and and honestly i'm wondering who behind the scenes of san diego might have some pull and was like hey look man this thing's been huge for decades it's you know like it's not gonna die on my watch get your fucking asses to the goddamn convention <laughs> like <laughs> i'm wondering if any of that had anything to play into it i mean maybe maybe it's just marvel Right, and the people who are running Marvel just paying, like, being respectful towards the comic book industry, you know, where, where they started and not just rolling everything into Disney. Like, maybe there's just the right people in charge of the Marvel side saying, that, like, no, this is this is our roots. This is where well, they, they got, these are our people. They got big pushback from fans for not being there, you know. Like, yeah. fans of San Diego that go to San Diego Comic-Con have a certain expectation level of what they're going to get from going. And when everybody kind of pulled out, I don't think they blamed the the com the Comic Con you oh, know God, people. No. no, they blame Mar. They, they blame, blame Disney. Mar- they blame they Marvel and Disney. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so this is like them saying, okay, well, if you guys want us there, I guess we'll I guess we'll go. <laughs> you know, like like you know, it was probably begrudgingly. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure for some. I think people like Kevin Feige and stuff like that. I think he loves it. He eats this stuff up. Like he's gonna go. They're gonna have their. They're big reveal. They're going to panels all day long. They're going to put up Someone's stuff on the projector behind them. Someone's going to do something weird yeah, yeah. on a panel. Yeah. And he's, he's going to milk this thing for every minute it's worth. Well, and they got a lot to to hype up this year. Like It's not that they didn't before. Like The Marvel train never really stopped running. But like right now, you got two movies just kind of like basically easily streamed with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. You got thor coming out you got moon knight and miss marvel just kind of recently wrapping up on on streaming um you got guardians coming out this year you got uh black panther wrapped up filming i don't know exactly when that one's coming out so they have like a lot to go over yeah you know and then still things to kind of tease out that was teased out the last time they were seen right with blade uh, yeah, <laughs> which was the last time they were at Comic Con was 2019, and they t- <laughs> like there's there's still a lot to kind of bring out that we just haven't even seen yet. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to kind of stream it and and watch all the highlights. So that's the only thing I don't like though, compared to the Disney thing where it was like perfectly captured on camera, it was streamed, you could watch it generally. Like the Hall H stuff, 
you got to be there. Otherwise, you just get some grainy photo or some video that somebody took on a cell phone from the back of the room or whatever else to, to get the, the clips and somebody who took a picture of the, the timeline or the projected st- stuff. And well, you I, wait I can't a week remember which, which Star Wars it was. I think it was Force Awakens that was coming out the year we went and motherfuckers camped out there for like oh, yeah. 36 hours to get into that Hall H. Like, yeah. I just remember walking by and be like, what's this line for? And they're like, oh, tomorrow's Star Wars panel. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to sleep here, bro? And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> You're going to fucking sleep here. I'm like, yeah. Like, uh, we, we got to get in that panel. I was like, eh. I ain't, ain't got to. I don't. I ain't got to <laughs> get in that panel. I'd like to get in that panel. But I ain't got to get into the panel. All right. Well, I think we beat that su- subject up there. Let's uh, go with some video game news here before we jump out of entertainment. And I don't know. There's just some some news in an AMA Reddit AMA or whatever else that took place uh, with the the Blizzard team about Overwatch Two, and that apparently Overwatch Two is gonna just outright replace the original uh making the the original unplayable come october when it when it comes out you've been waiting years for this thing keeps getting pushed back and then like how is this the first time we're hearing about about this if this was the plan i mean but it i'm not mad about it It totally like makes sense you're not gonna run two servers you're not gonna run you know what i mean you don't want like overwatch fans to be like well i like still like one better so i'm gonna keep playing one like you need to be able to port everything over if you want to still sustain an overwatch league a high level of competitive play you know like like isn't this kind of necessary i i guess to some degree what i didn't see clearly and i saw in like articles and stuff that talked about it like does that does this make if you own overwatch one does this make overwatch two free like no i had a killing your game i already prepaid it was like a $49 um, like expansion pack. So, But this is what I don't like about it. Only in the sense that... Well, that means the, the game that you've previously bought and owned... And yeah, you got a lot of years out of this thing. But it still becomes obsolete. And like, which, I don't want to see more I developers it, doing this. Which I think is fine because like Overwatch... Overwatch never charged you for a map pack... Overwatch right. never charged you for a character yeah. Overwatch, pack. Overwatch has delivered plenty of value for the cost of the game over the years. But it, it's it's just a different direction to go, right? Like, I can't think of a different game that immediately when the sequel comes out, when the next version of the game comes out, that immediately the money you spent on that game is gone. And <laughs> I mean, I, I see dead. your point, but it's not like it has a campaign. Or something that you yeah, could play. Yeah, you need their servers. Uh, you need their online on play. Their, and, you know, yeah. on their own. So the fact I that get it. the fact that they're giving you to October to purchase the new game. Like, look, if you want, if you want to play Overwatch, this is the one you got to play. Like, I get it's a new model, but like, I totally understand it, and I'm failing to really see the like downside or huge inconvenience to anybody other than some fucking stubborn asshat that fuck overwatch 2 i'm og i want i want overwatch one like like there were motherfuckers they couldn't shut down the halo 2 servers because some dudes just wouldn't shut off their fucking xbox and we're playing fucking halo 2 you know like like really we're gonna let a group of like those people like slow down production or or drive up costs you know because like yes 
Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> like, no thanks. You, you either get on board to Overwatch 2 or you just don't care about Overwatch anymore, and that's fine. Like, you don't, like, no. Like, fuck that. It's an only multiplayer game. They're shutting the server fucking down. You want to play Overwatch, you play Overwatch 2. All right. It's not like when a, a game like this comes out and they patch, like, they do a patch where they nerf a character. You can't go and play the old version. You know what yeah, I mean? But like, But you can still play a version. In this instance... Right, like I haven't bought Overwatch. You can play two. a version, part two, motherfucker. That's the new version. <laughs> like you can play. You got to pay for part two. Okay, you haven't had to pay a dollar for this game in five years. Yeah, five years. You bought it five years ago. You've been playing it for five years. Gotten constant updates, constant new maps, constant new games, seasonal shit. Like blah blah blah. It's very hard for me to listen to somebody complain about it. And not be like, go fuck yourself, you cheap bastard. Like, like just, <laughs> just you know, every five years are going to charge you forty bucks, and you mad? You mad when you got you got every other game with microtransactions and and map packs that if you don't have, you can't play this section of the game, and you like like nobody nobody's crying about the nineteen ninety nine. You got to drop every fucking nine months on the other fucking games, you know, like. You can be you have mad. staunchly come to the defense of Overwatch here, and yeah, because uh, <laughs> because I, I actually I see this as as a net positive for gaming. I see it as a net positive. Keeps the I don't commu- know about keeps for gaming. The, keeps the community strong. Keeps I, keeps the game level high. I understand that the the model for this game. I don't necessarily consider it positive for gaming as a whole. Uh, I, I don't see this bleeding over to other franchises and stuff like that. This this model of of shutting down an old game when you welcome in the new game. But you know, there was a there was a time where this model would have been ugly, like in the days of like Call of Duty putting out a new game every year. So uh, the only thing that'll get down. people to really fucking hate it is if like none of your skins port. You know, so like all the all the loot boxes that you open that you might have spent money on like yeah you get free ones you when you level up but a lot of people paid money for for coins and shit and yeah. bought shit so if that shit doesn't port yeah then okay i'm gonna be like oh yeah it's like they kind of got a point <laughs> yeah <laughs> they kind of got well, a point they announced they're going with no loot boxes so maybe they're bringing in that micro transaction in life <laughs> so you can get your skins and things but Either way, whatever. It'll be here in October. We'll see what it's all uh, about. Well, maybe it'll be here in October. There's still time for them yeah, to delay yeah, again. <laughs> like, like, don't get your heart set. All right. Let's uh, let's jump out of entertainment. Let's get through some tech. And uh, we've got... The first story I wanted to talk about was a cryptocurrency bill. And this isn't to bore everybody going over in depth about what a cryptocurrency bill could be. But the best part of this is that uh, Senator uh, Cynthia Loomis, who she's actually been a a big proponent of cryptocurrency she's not somebody like targeting cryptocurrency trying to kill it trying to whatever else like she's she's generally been pretty good uh towards progressing the conversation and regulation talks uh, for cryptocurrency and she and her team put together a bill and weirdly enough she put the bill on github and for those who don't know what github is it's like it's where coders put open code that people can go in and use the code they can also leave notes and comments on the code uh suggest corrections or suggest changes to the code so like that's where like nerds come and collaborate on code and get free access to, to code and things uh that could benefit them so they put it up on github and 
guess what happens? (laughs) The the internet's going internet. (laughs) I don't know how you don't see this coming. Now, if they filter through, uh, there were some examples of like good comments and good like people coming in there who actually did care about the crypto industry who went in there and talked about uh, trying to increase like the net value that proof of work provides to the country by creating like taxing, uh, like US taxes on mining talked about uh, different concerns and regulation that could benefit things like uh, regulating algorithmic uh, stable coins, which like that's what caused like the Lunaterra crash that lost hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars uh, worth of money in cryptocurrency uh, when that all crashed. Like there's there were actual things that were brought into it. There were recommendations to add to the bill. Uh, but there were also just things like Eggplant emojis uh, <laughs> put, put throughout the bill. Uh, there were also, you know, a, a lot of other comments that were maybe a little less helpful uh, and a whole lot of trolling to get through to find those useful ones. I mean, you put anything open on an internet, you're going to get the worst of, <laughs> yeah. of reactions you possibly can. Like, like honestly, if you if you do like an online poll that you want to take seriously, like you know naming a school or you know what I mean, like and you want to put it up to your community, and you want serious responses only. Like there needs to be some new type of captcha that weeds out whether you're a fucking internet loser or not. <laughs> like, like I don't I don't know the system. I don't know what what. How many fire hydrants you need to click on to weed that out? But we need some kind of fucking captcha that just like questions you before you can d- take the poll, and based on your answers, it knows whether you're a fucking troll or not, and is just like, yeah, you can't participate in this. Like, sorry, serious, serious inquiries only, please. <laughs> You yeah. can't, you can't do not, like you can't have nothing nice on the internet, man. I don't know what they expected of this. Yeah, no, I, I don't think bills that are going to get passed through Congress should <clears throat> should be crowdsourced uh, through through GitHub. But in a functional way, intelligent society, it's a good idea. Like like <laughs> we're passing bills that are supposed to represent the will of the people. We live in a day and age where communication is is streamlined through the internet in in tons of various ways. You would. You would really, it'd be really nice if we as a society could just post up like, you know, what, what do you think this bill should cover? What do you, what do you <laughs> think this school should be named? You know, what it like, like, I, <laughs> it is, it is funny, you know, it, it I'm not going to say I don't laugh at Bodie McBoderton and, <laughs> and, and that kind of shit. It does make me laugh, but when that one wins, does also make me sad like like i am i am the sad clown in that moment like it it is a reflection of our attention span in our society that you just can't for one minute just put everything aside and be like no this is something important guys we should really take this seriously it's like no eggplant emoji eggplant emoji (laughs) (laughs) well either way you know i've always been a, a big believer in cryptocurrency and big believer in regulation that the U.S. government has to step in and provide some kind of regulatory legislation uh, in order to kind of take it out of the subjective hands of people at like 
the SEC and stuff like that. Because if it's not in a law passed somewhere, then the SEC has a lot of leeway to do things, which can tie up things like Ripple, XRP, which has been tied up for years in a lawsuit because it was deemed uh, a security and not a commodity, right? And those type of things and lack of clarity is what's potentially going to hold things back. It keeps consumers at risk uh, when you don't have certain protections and stable coins and stuff like that. So I want to see uh, see some regulations, U.S. government kind of leading into this uh, and this one being the most comprehensive bill altogether. And, and hopefully they got a handful of suggestive uh, or helpful suggestions coming out of their their github experiment there yeah. either way nerds like us are talking about it so i guess i guess they win from that front all right and then in other crypto news talking about lack of protections for consumers and things we've got another hundred million dollars worth of crypto stolen uh this week in in what's been called a major hack it's another uh bridge network this is one of i don't know probably four or five bridge networks that uh, that we've talked about. Uh, and, you know, the bridge networks just essentially allow you to exchange one cryptocurrency for another. Uh, the, the biggest one that we talked about was uh, the the Ronin network, which is what's behind uh, like Axie uh, Games, Axie Infinity and stuff like that. And uh, that one had $320 million uh, stolen out of it. And this Horizon had $100 million stolen uh, this week. And like not small change and again the, this goes into kind of lack of protections lack of uh of things as these different exchanges are put up i mean this happens so often it's i don't know if it's sophistication of hacks now or just like lack of urgency on on the exchanges and on on you know the the bridges like i like it's it's hard to tell at this point now what it's always the one glaring thing is that it's just some human with a not with a without their guard up you know most of the time that it's just some somebody just making an assumption or somebody clicking something stupid or like so it's it's hard to to really kind of gauge like what overall needs to change to stop these types of hacks because they're they're happening all the time like we talk about this shit all the time yeah and you know the the horizon one uh i guess reading the, into the article and talking about how it got how it happened uh this one specifically it happened because the the whole security of their bridge apparently relied on a multi sig wallet uh, which is means you have to have you know more than one seed phrase and access into a yep. wallet in order to transact out of it which should provide some security but their multi sig wallet only required a two signature uh, in order to initiate the transaction. So all they had to do theoretically to get access to a hundred million dollars of liquidity within this bridge. And that's part of the problems with like these bridges and why they're targets is because they have to maintain so much money uh, as liquid money in order to, in order to, provide the the necessary funds and liquidity to transfer from yeah, one it's kind to of another. like it's kind of like vegas right. they have to have the the actual cash on hand that right that represent the chips on the floor so they they have to do kind of like the same thing so those wallets and these bridges are are juicy targets uh and they only had two signatures required in order to initiate a transaction out of uh, out of their multi-sig wallet and Whatever. Two people were broken. Two people's passwords or, or accounts uh, were, were gained access. That's all she wrote. $100 million gone. Uh, Horizon Network is uh, is probably done forever. Uh, and Yeah, I just don't we'll understand, see. like, if you're one of those two people, how, like, like, say you get that job, you know, it's like, hey, you are one of two people that hold the key 
to the safe of all our shit and everybody else's shit. Like, how do you, like, how do you not live in perpetual fear of, like, doing something that is going to allow... It's just because it's a multi-sig wallet doesn't mean that it's only two people or only, like... There could be many, but you only needed two yeah, at oh, a yeah. time. Oh, in order yeah, yeah. To do it. So who the hell knows? Uh, in the end, at the time, yeah, I was talking about this now. I haven't seen anything from like Harmony that explains it or whatever else. I don't think I will. Um, it's just, yeah, again, it goes into the conversation about regulation and, and stuff like that as far as like what what should be the, the appropriate stuff. Should there be standards? Should there be things that are enforced? Uh, what type of protections can be put out there for consumers? I don't have those answers. I didn't go on GitHub and give give any answers to to the senator, but somebody somebody smarter than me knows. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's keep moving. We got one uh, one NFT thing this week, and really that's just to talk about the fact that eBay apparently who has been in the NFT game. I don't remember us ever talking about this, but I guess eBay's been selling on eBay. You could buy NFTs for a year now. <laughs> apparently, that's a thing. Uh, Sure. But now eBay is getting even more into the NFT things and they just acquired no, uh, Known Origin, which is an NFT marketplace. Uh, and, you know, they're trying to get into this competition with OpenSea and uh, the other NFT marketplaces. I mean, if they're an I, online marketplace, sense. yeah, like they're, they're, they don't want to leave themselves out. Like, it, I think even like when we were talking about NFTs being like the the greatest fool theory and whatever else, you talk about like sports cards and eBay. Like this fits perfectly in their yeah, model. Of, you know of what like, I mean? Like yeah, take your old shit and dump it off on somebody else. Yeah, you know, and people people have made great money buying things cheap on eBay and selling them for higher. Like it's it, it it fits. It's right up there, Allie. You know what I mean? Like we said, it's 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 amazing that. They've kind of low key already been doing it, but now with this kind of purchase, it, it puts them bigger up on the map, you know, with, with the companies like OpenSea. So I just, I, it's going to be hard for people to do like the, the brand association, right? Like when you hear eBay, you think of used fitness equipment or, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you like, think you, of like you know, trading cards, antique stuff. Yeah. And- you think of physical, actual items. You, it's, you know, you, your brain doesn't go right away to, to the digital space. Um, so I think they're going to have some branding issues they still need to get over. I don't think this purchase just puts them <laughs> right, right at the forefront of anything. Um, I think they're going to need like a marketing campaign somewhat, uh, to, to try to, try to get people to, to realize that they're also, you know, a digital, a, a digital collector's marketplace, not just a physical. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see over time. I wonder if they'll bring in like the auction functions and stuff that like they've, they've been known for. Uh, but yeah, more, more to tell, um, where they go with this, but the deal's done. Uh, they've, they've purchased known origin. All right. Outside of crypto news, we got a little bit of tech news, and let's call this hacking news, because uh, oftentimes these stories get get conflated with hacking uh, when there's data breaches and stuff like that. But uh, this is the data breach that is probably the scariest. It's a call and, a hack. And incredibly, it's a call and a hack is, is giving it like way more yeah. credibility than it, it deserves. <laughs> like honestly, but uh, a, a man who had a good night out lost a flash drive of. An entire town, their entire, all of the city's residents, over 400,000 people's, uh, like complete personal information, date of births, addresses, <laughs> like everything that this uh, city had on them. Uh, that's all, stuff's all gone as a Japanese business person 
passed out on a street after after a long Tuesday too, night. Too much sake. <laughs> too much sake. And I, it's something that I, I didn't always know, but he can like, his in ass Japanese, off. <laughs> Japanese business culture, like drinking hard is a thing. Like oh. They oh do. yeah, <laughs> they, oh yeah. To drink, like he's probably not the only business person that Tuesday night out there sleeping on the curb, getting getting ready to wake up and just straighten out his tie and go back to work the next day. Oh yeah, like like they they go hard in the paint a lot of times, like because it's it's a like a respect thing, you know what I mean? So like you have all these underlings trying to trying to impress the big boss, and if the big boss is out there drinking, you can't not drink. <laughs> You can, you got to do it. You know, I'm just wondering if this is like, is this the premise for Hangover Four? Like, like is, is this is this like, did did somebody just you know greenlight the the next Hangover movie with a whole the, the new Tokyo cast? version of it where whole, where they're just on a business trip and not a, not a honeymoon, but they're just on a on a Tokyo a, business this trip. New, this is a whole new trilogy, right? Like, am I, am I right? Like, I. I would watch this movie. I would, I would watch. I would watch this movie. Like I, I really would. Yeah. Well, we'll see if any of this data leaks out. You know, if you if you're a, oh yeah, a, it's it's out there, pal. Somebody already. Yeah, somebody. that's what I tend to think. Like supposedly, you know, it's it's an encrypted flash drive and stuff like that or whatever else. So you know, this is still newly lost. But well, it's whatever. either lost. For, it's either lost it. forever because some grandma picked it up or somebody that just you know plugs it in thinking that they're gonna find some yeah or somebody some took the bag took, took some something. money or anything valuable out and just threw the flash drive away yeah, like. You know, but if if the right person finds this fucking USB, then yeah, I don't know. They're gonna make a lot of money, and some people, a lot of people, are gonna be mad. Well, what I will say is, Japanese data laws are a little more strict. So when this city lost this, they have to make payments to eligible households or whatever else within it. Uh, <laughs> that really for this data breach. Yeah. So again, we talk about data privacy and data rights in this country. Boom. Like get get on your stuff, country. Like hold people yeah. accountable, businesses and government agencies and services. Hold them. Hold. Let the people hold the agencies and the businesses accountable for losing our data that we should own. Well, while we're talking about data, and I don't want to get into the weeds about this, but like with these new row laws that have went in, like people are starting to make a big push for protect your data because in some of these states with these these bands they can they can use your menstrual cycle data app info yeah. they can use they, they they can and and the thing is is that because data is sold so much we we've done a story like this too they don't need to subpoena that info they yeah, can just it's buy easier it. to pay a couple grand they and just, just buy they it. could just buy buy that info and use it to prosecute you with some fucked up law or you know like like I yeah, understand. I, I understand. Everybody's going over the principles of this of this Supreme Court decision, but in the background, there's a lot of murky water, and one of them is is how data is going to be used to prosecute and enforce some of these these crazy laws that are getting put into place. Like, and and that's the thing is like they they don't need. It's not even just like the mental app. Like they could just take your data location, and if you were at a Planned Parenthood, you know, by, you know, by your data mining or, or like it's, there's just, I, I, I listened to, to an article on, on all the different versions and, and they even questioned like the biggest 
um, the biggest menstrual cycle app that is on yeah, the app store. It's like fertility app. And yeah. They asked yeah. them flat out, like, are you going to protect this data or are you just going to give would it you up? Get, would you give it over to the government? <laughs> they're just like, yeah, no, we're just going to give it. They're just going to give it. We'd, we'd, we'd give it over to the government. <laughs> we just give it. We don't care. And it's like, what? <laughs> knowing and, knowing like, that it's going to ruin people's lives, like, you just don't care. Like, yeah, we just going to give it up. And as of right now, like, it's not, like, it doesn't ruin anybody's lives, but, you know, there's the speculation. We don't get into the political conversation about everything, but, you know, but there, I think there's it's relevant to, to data, to data protection. Right. There's, there's a speculation that, you know, terminating a, a pregnancy in certain states might just become illegal even if you go out of state to do it so the fertility apps can track when people were pregnant and then all of a sudden not pregnant and they can use that data to determine if somebody terminated a pregnancy right and that's the whole concept why this data is important and it, like this just goes to support like an argument that we've always had here for the years we've been doing this is hey data data rights and data privacy matters people can always say like i don't have anything to hide so it's not a big deal but it's like you don't have anything to hide today but you don't know what you don't know what rights or laws are going to be passed in the future that violate maybe a core principle that you believe in and all of a sudden you're on the wrong side of these things and yeah, the people data data privacy might affect just got vastly wider yeah, you know, like, like, like there's people today talking about data privacy that a week ago were saying I got nothing to hide. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I don't really care. I don't right? care if Facebook like, knows where I'm at. Like, yeah, right. like, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, really? They could do that? Like, yes, motherfuckers, we've been we've been screaming from the mountaintops for years. They could do this. Like, so yeah. So regardless <laughs> how you, you believe politically on the side of this this overturning of Roe v. Wade and stuff like that, from from a nerd standpoint here, and where we've been talking about data privacy and data rights, and we should own our data, we should be able to control who has access to it uh this just goes it goes further into that argument right there are people today that are looking at data privacy for the first time because they now realize that a fundamental belief that they had puts them on the wrong side of the law society changes you know you never know so like this is this is again just an example i wanted to try to use to to preach about data rights if you didn't care before you might want to care today and if you care today write a letter to your congressman Sign one of those petitions. Uh, yeah, jo- join vote, vote the boing boing yeah. e- newsletter and these 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 agencies that are actively trying to promote data privacy, data rights, and stuff like that. Um, all right, we got a couple more topics here. Uh, this one I, I, is is great. Uh, yeah, this is funny. Great, this is funny. Great in in a in a in a bad way, but uh, you know we, we've talked about deepfakes and talked about the the issues with deepfakes, and everybody always wants to talk about like you know World War Three starting because of a deepfake and stuff. That's probably not going to happen. But <laughs> this instance, like this, does show kind of some of the dangers that people have been talking about uh, with deepfakes and affecting like government. Whereas we've talked about deepfakes, saying like the biggest harm in deepfakes is is porn and, and things that are are, are less that important percentage is going scale. down that percent yeah. the, the percentage of non-porn deep fake danger is starting to go up a little <laughs> yeah and what we see is a a call from one from the berlin mayor who was speaking to who they believed uh was the kiev mayor <laughs> uh talking to the kiev mayor or whatever else it was just a mayor to mayor uh reach out trying to support ukraine and trying to support efforts over in ukraine talking about you know refugees coming across into berlin into germany and everything else and uh the conversation went for 15 minutes and this was a video conversation from from mayor to mayor uh and then it was determined about 15 minutes into it based off some of the questions and things that were being said by the Russian or not Russian, but Ukrainian uh, mayor, 
Is that like no? That wasn't the Ukrainian mirror. That, that was like an, a live in real time deep fake uh, that was being used to mimic the face uh, of of the the Ukrainian mirror and tricked the Berlin mirror into having a a completely fake conversation. And it's like you gotta wonder like the like. I, the the real time deep fakes and stuff like this on a video call like your your like natural tendency is just to trust what you're seeing and that that is actually kind of dangerous it is actually an interesting and dangerous concept oh 100 like I, I just when i first saw this i was like you know the call must have all went to shit when the guy just looked at the camera and went baba booey <laughs> 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 you know but i mean that's so the implications of this are are huge, not just on like a geopolitical level or local political level, but like there are going to be a lot of grandmas that get a FaceTime from their grandson in jail that need $10,000 wired to them right now 100%. or they're going to jail. Yeah. And that grandma is going to get fleeced, man. She's going to get fleeced. Like that's that's what I know. I know that this stuff happens all the time based on phone conversations and text right. messages and emails. Now, like, yeah, you add a layer of video to it, and it becomes that it, much harder. And it to just sniff sells out. it. It just sells it even harder. You know, like grandma's not going to be able to see a scared grandchild on a FaceTime and not give up that bank account information or not. You know what I mean? Not wire that money. Like there, it's going to be, it's, it's going to, man, it's going to get way worse. This is going to get way worse. Yeah. Especially because this technology is, it, you know, it's become way more prevalent and easy to access. Uh, it's going to get to a point yeah, where everybody's cell phone is going to be capable of doing this. Like it's not going to be that challenging. Uh, and you have enough images of somebody, especially public figures and whatever else. Like there's no shortage of images, no shortages of captured audio from those people to get deep fake video and deep fake audio potentially. Uh, pair it all together, and it's uh yeah, it's a it's a dangerous thing. And I, and so, I honestly don't know how to legislate this. Like, do we pass laws that that state that I own my likeness, and if you use my face on a deep fake, it's prosecutable without I mean, my permission point, like, like is that where we go steal money and stuff with it like is that the charge they're really worried about like yeah, yeah you know, i the, mean like the theft and the and the treason or whatever else they're going to do with it like is is the copyright infringement on somebody's personal identity going to matter yeah, to them? I, I don't know like i just yeah, o- yeah. only thing that would do is is like deter the funny deep fakes you see on youtube yeah we need those. We need those people from being able to do it because they can't handle the lawsuit. Yeah. The criminals are already going to bake that into their calculus. So I don't know. It's uh, uh, no solutions are found here again. Uh, but it's an interesting story. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's jump into a little bit of space talk and uh, and get out of here for the week. Uh, and in space news, we've got SpaceX coming out and claiming that there's uh there's some potential 5g interference uh or no sorry other side around it's not spacex it's a 5g company saying that starlink internet is uh is violating kind of their their bandwidth for 5g uh and this is specifically dish network which if you didn't know dish network is is in the cell phone game uh they they bought you know i can't remember even which one it was they bought like one of the the lower used uh like a boost mobile type uh cell phone company years ago and they're trying to expand dish network into a cell phone company an internet company and uh they're trying to use essentially the same frequency bands that spacex is using and 
now SpaceX and them are kind of at, at fighting each other here uh, between who who has the right to interfere with who. Uh, and Dish is saying, hey, SpaceX, they launched all these satellites, didn't necessarily get all the right approvals to, to use this ban. They don't have exclusive use of this ban. Uh, and ultimately, SpaceX is saying, like, if you let people on the ground use what you've approved us to use in space, it is going to interfere with our ability to function. Uh, and let's let's see who wins you know maybe dish network's able to make a legal claim and effectively make spacex have to rethink things they'll solve it i'm sure they'll figure out a way around it but ultimately they're trying to stop dish network altogether yeah i mean which one do we need more yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we need that dish network that's what we need you know what i'm saying spacex is bringing internet to war-torn countries and helping (laughs) and helping refugees but i need and and rvers to get remote internet but we need the seamless satellite cable provider (laughs) like like, i don't i just don't know like how how this plays out or or what's going on like because like I mean, if you are a Dish Network customer, tell me why. Like, <laughs> just, just tell me why. It's not even the leading like Dish Dish company. Like, and even like the Dish companies have gone away from dishes. Like, like, I just don't get it. I don't get it. So, all right, man. I think this is them trying to make the last grasp. You know, that I've said the words Dish Network more just today than i have combined for the last 10 years so so <laughs> they're winning on that front yeah and people know that they're a cell phone company the, now that now that we've mentioned it here <laughs> like, yeah personally take a take a step to the side dish network like, like <laughs> know your know your role <laughs> like, know your fucking role all right and then uh last little bit here in in space news is is just a an introduction to another space tourism super spacecraft type thing uh, that is competing with really like Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic on getting kind of commercial space flight and space voyages uh, more prevalent. I you know I, I never heard of this Dream Chaser. Apparently they've been around for a while, uh, like 1990s. The the first like mock up of this thing uh, was was designed, and then they they actually tested one back in 2013 and. The landing gear didn't work and it crashed, uh, but it looks it looks very close to like the original like space shuttles. It's where it'll get launched on the back of a rocket and then it'll go out to space and it can fly uh, at a supersonic space uh, space speed it, and it then can land itself with its wings and its wheels. Ideally, its wheels happen uh, and and bring people back. So it's uh it's kind of a mix between Blue Origin taking off from the ground on a rocket and Virgin Galactic, which allows itself to fly in that uh, and get a, kind of a longer time frame uh, and then land itself down. Whatever. People yeah. are going to use it in 2025. It's not that far away. It's saying in 2025 they're going to start carrying crude uh, crude versions. Honestly, when I saw this, I just kind of like went to the like, how rich are motherfuckers really like we're at a time <laughs> where my grocery bill doubled you know i like what the my quality of life is is gone down due to inflation because everything's so much more expensive I, my my buying power is limited yet we still have motherfuckers strapping rockets to airplanes that are that want to sell tickets to outer space and it just yeah it made me just like start to think about like 
how many rich ass motherfuckers are out there that can just do shit like this and like how fucked uh, up it enough is to bring us good space stories you know That's what i'm the saying answer. like and how fucked up is it that that everyday americans are, are struggling i saw an article the other day that the average car payment now is like 650 to 700 dollars yeah, it's over 600 dollars. Yeah. like like this is this is like the real life problems but we got companies like this that are just like yeah no we're doubling down on on space rides like space, like <laughs> like the amount of money I just dropped at a like Fourth of July festival, so my kids could go on shitty carny rides. It was fucking <laughs> was astounding. It's, oh, you it, sound like me. It, it was fucking astounding. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> except and except we, the difference is i would have walked in and i would have left and let my kids be disappointed yeah. you probably still paid the, you probably still you, paid the money and let your kids play you are I a heartless son of a bitch like no <laughs> i put a couple 20s into that ticket machine for ticket ride tickets you know it's free to get in the festival so you'd have definitely walked in let your kids bask in in the glory of a carney yep. festival and, and i would have been like kid is this really worth your guys' 20 bucks because <laughs> dad's not paying <laughs> oh my god yep they would they would have left sorely disappointed you know i I honestly like this is a little off topic but i (laughs) so so my daughter if you made it this far you you know us by now my my daughter brings me to the goddamn you know ride so she goes on a few of them herself and then you know because like I'm fucking, I'm almost 42, man. I ain't going on the fucking tilt a world. Fuck that. <laughs> you know? So, so I get on, I get on like the swing, you know what I mean? That just, just goes around pretty fast, you know, but it's, it doesn't spin, doesn't, you know, like any doodads. It's just, you sit in the swing, fucking goes around. So, all right, I'll get in that one with my daughter. Instant regret, bro. <laughs> like. <laughs> and it's nothing crazy like it was it was like the most generic of kids rides and like instantly that thing started spinning around like oh i don't want to be here (laughs) i don't want to be on this anymore (laughs) and we got up and we got off and i looked at my girlfriend and i was just like never again I was like, like, like she needs a friend. Like we can't come to these things anymore because she needs somebody to go on a ride with. I ain't the one. Like, like, and try to get me to go to Six Flags anymore. Try. Like, I fucking dare you. Like, not gonna fucking happen. <laughs> like, instantly, I got on that ride and I realized how fucking old I am. I get on all the rides still. So. Yeah, no, fuck right. that. Fuck that. I felt uncomfortable. It was definitely not worth four tickets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that story time, that's it. That's a week in news. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Spotify review. If you haven't done it yet, shame. Yep. Shame. Shame. <laughs> and make sure you go to Boing Boing. Sign that petition if uh, if your data privacy is, is starting to scare you. Um, Again, there's, there's lots of actions you could take. You should try to let the government know that our data is ours and should not be a commodity for people to do with whatever they want. And that if the police are buying your data to use it to prosecute you, I'm pretty sure that goes against some amendment. Like I'm pretty nope. sure I'm pretty sure that goes against something on the Constitution about due process <laughs> and stuff. I don't know. Like someone someone go ahead and at me. Uh so so yeah, go ahead, do all the things that, that make this show better and, and why we do it. And uh we'll see you next week. Have a happy fourth. Talk later, nerds.